Welcome back to From the Press Box, the Holland Sentinel Sports Staff's weekly podcast where we talk anything and everything sports. I'm sports editor Dan Diodana, along with our assistant sports editor Will Kennedy. Um, had a lot of sports happen this week. We are at the crossroads of winter sports beginning and fall playoffs still going or ending. Uh, a lot of hope stuff, a lot of hope college stuff and Grand Valley stuff going on. Not as much high school stuff. We talked about most of the high school stuff last time. The only high school stuff still going on right now for the fall is uh, girls swimming and diving. Their state meet is this weekend. Um, all the other sports, our teams, our local teams are out of it um, at this point. So, um, But we've got swimmers from all, all of our schools that have swimming. Uh, we'll have uh, some representation there. Um, and they've all qualified at least one relay too. So they'll, they'll all have a decent representation there. Um, so it'll be, uh, Zealand and West Ottawa in division one, Holland in division two, Holland Christian and Hamilton in division three, uh, Holland Christian has the best chance of scoring high and earning a team trophy as a top four team, uh, at their meet. Um, but there's a couple of, uh, stud swimmers from Holland and Zealand and West Ottawa that will, uh, vie to see who gets that who has the top individual finish from the area as well. So, um, should be pretty exciting. Uh, D3 meet is at Calvin, and the D1 meet is at the Holland Aquatic Center, Community Aquatic Center. So, uh, lots of local things happening. So, if you're just really, really, really dying to see some local high school sports while we have nothing else for a few weeks, go to a swim meet. Um, it's uh, there's nothing quite like it, as Will can attest to, uh, having that not covered too many of them. There's definitely nothing like it. It's hot. Um, it smells like chlorine. I get a headache and I watch people swim fast or slow. That's right. That's, that's, right. that's my analysis of swimming. <laughs> so hopefully at the state meet, it's more fast. Yeah. Uh, but, but uh, yeah, so that's, that's our high school thing left. So most of the, today we'll be talking about college stuff uh, just because there was more happening this past week in the college world. Um, we'll start with the whole football team. Um, yeah. Will, I mean, you've been covering them all year. They they bounced back from a loss to Albion to win a very close, very hotly contested game against Trine, one of their big rivals, uh, to share an MIAA title with Albion. But Albion gets the automatic bid. Just uh, let take us through the game a little bit, and just uh, you know, just your your feelings on the team now that the season's done. Yeah, I mean. The score was was close at this final score, 17-13. Um, but the second half, it didn't feel like that at all. I mean, Hope's defense was incredible during the second half. They allowed 34 total yards um, for trying in the wow. second half. Um, and they just were like – I mean, they never looked like they were going to pull away just because the offense was, was sputtering here and there. Um, it was a really ugly, rainy day out in Indiana. Um, had to rely heavily on the ground game, which – was tough for hope considering they had their top three running backs injured, but you know, their running back number four, Elijah Smith just, you know, had a 204 yard one touchdown performance. No big deal. Um, yeah. When you're a team that has depth like that, it's, it's kind of, it's kind of unfair. I mean, when you have your fourth running back who took every single carry that day, except for, I think two. Um, and the guy who took those other two carries was a backup quarterback. So they only brought one running back with them. Um, you know, he got like 33 carries out of like 35 or 38 total total carries on the day and, and didn't get tired. It seemed like he was getting stronger and stronger as the day went on. Um, I mean, he played really well. Isaac Smith is going to be a stud for some time. 
Um, but no, I mean, the team overall is, was, was, was very fun to watch this year. I mean, outside of the one loss to Albion, um, which ended up costing them a playoff spot. And that game was incredible. Like it was one of the most well-played, clean played, just exciting football games I had ever seen at the D3 level um, or just in general. Um, yeah, it was, it was just, they're, they're just a, a fantastic team. And it's, it's tough that, that 18 seniors are, are leaving, including Brady Edding, who's, who's a Hamilton guy um, on the offensive line, one of the best offensive linemen in the MIAA, if not the best. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was a fun team fun team to watch exciting team going to be an exciting team next year because they return a lot of the skill position guys um so they, they should be right in contention for that miaa title again next year um though i do have a bone to pick with the miaa as a whole i know most holland residents are, are happy um hope wins a share of the miaa i don't fully understand why they do because albion should win it because they beat hope head to head i mean i, I know they have the same MIAA record, but I don't fully understand why the tiebreaker isn't head to head and Albion just claims it outright. I, I don't fully understand that. Um, right. But you know, Hope gets a trophy, which is great, and and they 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 deserve a trophy because you know seven and one in conference or whatever it was, only lost one conference game, which was a, a very tightly contested game. Albion and, and Hope were very clearly the two best teams in the conference. Um, I just don't fully understand why they're recognized as co-champs when the head to head was decided a week earlier. Right. Yeah. It's, it's one of those things, different football conferences sometimes two divisions do it differently. I mean, that's, that's kind of the way uh, the big 10 did it for a while too, but it's not a, it's, it's just hard when it's exactly even and there's a head to head. Yeah. I mean, you would logic would dictate if there was that head to head, the outright would go to the team. Right. right. Like before there was the big 10 divisions, if there's two teams that tied for it, you know, who was going to the Rose bowl. Yeah. You know, and it's, yeah, I don't, it's, it's, it's just, it is kind of a weird thing. It's um, bizarre. It's bizarre. And it only really happens in football. Cause there's just so many fewer games. Yeah. I mean, um, I feel like it doesn't even happen in football that much anymore. Like I feel like there's so many convoluted tiebreakers these days that like would go deep and in, into it and, and, and telling who won what. Um, right. But yeah, it's just it's just strange to me that 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 they they earned a share of the MIAA title. I mean, congrats to them. Like I said, they did earn it. Only lost one game in conference, and it was a very close game. But it's just stepping outside of that. You just look at the schedule list, like, hmm, that's strange. Right, right. Kind of like how uh, Michigan's ahead of Michigan State. And well, that that's a that's a completely different thing because the college football playoff committee makes no sense ever. Um, right. And that's just like objective people saying, oh, I think this team is better. Like MIAA has like standard metrics in place as to who gets what, whereas the college football playoff is just like, yeah, no, that's fine. I guess that makes sense, which it never right. does. <laughs> right. It rarely does, doesn't it? So, um, but yeah, a really good team for, for uh, Hope Football. Uh, first time they've won back-to-back MIAA titles since 06, 07. So it's the first time in, in Coach Thurzma's tenure there that, that they've won it. Um, and it also marks, this is his fifth season, sixth year, because they didn't play because COVID last year. Um, they've never finished lower than second in the conference during, during his time there. So I think he is firmly cementing himself as the best coach in Hope College history, even though he's only been there for a couple of years. Right. Yeah. And it's, uh, it's definitely been different in the conference too. Now it's not just for a while, you know, you just had this clear best team you had, 
you know, Hope was the best team for a couple of years. Trine was the, by far the best team for a few years. Yeah. Olivet was the best team for a couple of years. Now it really, <clears throat> we're finally back to a point where. Parity. Yeah, there's some parity. Like you don't know, you don't know who's going to win and you don't know who the favorite is. And it's kind of the, the men's basketball has gotten like that for the MIAA the last, you know, the last eight years or yeah. so also, which has been great because there's been so many years um, where both the men and women's game, it would be, well, Hope and Calvin are going to play three times. And, and now it's Hope and Trine. Right. For the women, it's Hope and Trine. And for the men, it's who knows because yeah. it hasn't even been Hope the last couple of years. And it's just, yeah. you know, um, it's I, it's good for the league, um, although it's, you know, it makes every, especially in basketball, it makes every game super important. And I guess in football it does too. Games are already super important. Oh yeah. I, I would say game, once. every game in football is, is more important than any right. game. In, in, in but it's, it's kind of nice to, it's kind of nice to not have this hope Calvin and then everyone else. I mean, oh, obviously yeah, you don't have that in football because nice. Calvin doesn't have football, but, um, but for a long time it was trying was real good, like ranked first MIAA team winning playoff games in 20 years. Yeah. Uh, and it was clearly them and then everyone else. And, uh, yeah, it's just, it's better for the league to have that, um, have that parody. So I think that that's good. If that can continue and, and parody where everybody's good too. It's not like everybody stinks and somebody's got to win. Like yeah, well, I mean, there's, there's, there's four, there's at least four really good teams. Um, yeah. and that's, um, that's something that the league hasn't always had. Uh, yeah. so that's, that's very good. So, uh, all right. So keeping with the, Hope College fall stuff. Um, the soccer team lost in the first round of the NCAA tournament. Uh, wasn't necessarily a surprise. Um, you know, they kind of snuck in by upsetting teams in the MIAA tournament. And soccer, you can never really be surprised because you could play the best game of your life and lose one nothing on one shot, as you saw in that Holland Christian game. Um, so, um, <clears throat> so still a great season for for the Hope College women to uh, win the MIAA tournament and, you know, put it all together at the right time. Um, volleyball also played last week. They made it to the regional final, which is the third round of the NCAA tournament. And they lost in four sets there to host Eau Claire. Um, and just kind of, it's, I got an interesting feeling just about that because, um, you know, Hope lost to Calvin in the MIAA championship game after beating them twice during the season. Calvin got to host, and Hope had to go on the road all the way to Eau Claire, Wisconsin, and then played the host yeah. in the regional final. Would that have been different? Would the outcome have been different if they played, if they were hosting? Um, I would say probably, based on watching, you know, the live stream and how uh, the home crowd helped energize Eau Claire and just, just the fact that hope still won't beat Calvin two of the three times and Calvin yeah. got the host. It's just one of those things. Now, of course you got to win, you know what I mean? So uh, they could have cleared that up by winning the five set MIAA title game, you know, but, uh, it's just one of those things that makes you wonder sometimes, uh, they, they lost in four sets. They won the first set and then, you know, played a couple close sets and then won. The last one wasn't particularly close, but that if they had won that, they'd be going to the championships because the championships is the quarterfinals. Yeah. He's in finals. So uh, it's those things. They just kind of, I'm sure eat it. Yeah. Especially the big senior class, you know, if they had just 
won that fifth set against Calvin, would they have hosted and would they still be playing? Yeah. Uh, they're definitely good enough to still be playing. Um, but uh, unfortunately, that's, you know, that's the way things go. That's why you got to be at your best at all times in the postseason because there's no room for error. So, um, but they had a, a, just a fantastic season. Uh, the first time they had beaten Calvin back to back in years, first time they had won uh, three in a row or two or three in a row in, because uh, dating back to last year when they won the MIAA title game in the spring. First time they had won back-to-back games against Calvin in like 20 years. And they they did a lot of splitting during the season. Yeah. Uh, Calvin won a lot of them two to one. Hope won a couple of them two to one, but they were never back-to-back. Yeah. Um, but, you know, just another epic season, especially with both those teams with, you know, obviously national championship pedigree in the last decade, both teams. Uh, they definitely proved to be two of the, you know, top 10 teams in the country. And then, you know, just coming up a little bit short for hope in the, in the, uh, in the regional final, but great season for them. Uh, they really uh, put something together and they've got a good, good base coming back too. They've got, you know, a couple starters returning and uh, they've got a, a really good group of uh, younger players that just haven't had a chance to really prove themselves yet because the senior class was so large. They had nine seniors, which on a college volleyball team might as well be a hundred. Um, yes. So uh, yeah, so good things look to be still on the way for them in the future. So, um, but then in the, in the middle of all that, we had basketball, uh, yep. starting for hope, uh, hope women are ranked number one. Um, they predictably won, uh, their first couple games. Uh, will just, what'd you, what'd you see in the tip off tournament and just, um, what's maybe what's the biggest difference between what you've seen so far this year and what, you know, we saw the, you know, the last couple of years with them. Uh, I mean, the, I think the biggest difference is that there's, I, mean, I guess that, that's a very stupid thing to say. The biggest thing I noticed, I should say, is that there isn't much of a difference. I mean, they're still absurdly good. Um, they got two All-Americans in the in the starting five, three first-team All-Conference players in the starting five. Uh, I would say a couple of the players maybe stepped up a little bit more. And you kind of saw that towards the end of the season. Um, with Meg Morehouse, she's sort of um, the, the player I'm sort of predicting to have a, a quote-unquote breakout year. Um, she really turned the tide in the MIAA title game against Trine. But they ended up winning. Um, she played outstanding in the, in the season opener against Edgewood. She was on the court. She's in the first unit off the, off, uh, off the court um, after the starters. Um, I think in the first 30 seconds she was on the court, she had five points, two assists, two rebounds. Um, and a steal. So she just like really popped and, and she was good, great all night. Um, another player, Savannah Feenstra, um, she was a transfer, she transferred in, I believe. Um, she was like, you know, uh, pedaling along last year, doing, doing here, here or there as a little role player. But this year she's again, she was, I believe the leading scorer in both games um, of the, of the season so far. And yeah, she had a big game in the uh, exhibition too. Uh, she yeah. the ball and, well. and coach Morehouse sort of before the season, um, he, he singled her out and was saying, yeah, she's going to be, she's going to be something special. Um, so, so that's good. I would say the one possible thing that's, that's maybe a little different is that maybe defensively they, I mean, they're still going to be fantastic defensively as they always are. Cause it's hope college. Um, maybe they've taken, I don't even want to say stay a step back, but maybe they've just like toned it down a little bit on defense, but their offense has skyrocketed. Uh, I think, I mean, 
They scored 100-plus points in Game 1, which is only the 30th time in program history that they've done that. And then in Game 2, they scored like 94, um, and they could have easily scored 100 if they wanted to. Um, it was like 90 points with like five minutes left in the fourth quarter, and they just you know toned it back. Um, so this offense is – more dangerous than, than it has been. And, and, and that I've, I've seen it in my one and a half years covering this team. Um, but they're going to be, you know, it's going to be really good um, this year. The, you know, it's going to come down to them and trying again. Um, Hope's number one in the country. Trying is number three. So those games are going to be interesting. Trying only graduated, I believe one senior last year. Um, so they're going to have a slight step up in terms of continuity because Hope graduated a, a few more. Um, though they do have their, their, their heavy hitters back, I would say. Um, but yeah, no, it's, it's, it's going to be a, a fun race when it gets down to conference time. But for now, I think everybody's just sort of feeling each other out and, and, and feeling out, you know, what it's like to play again um, in a normal environment, having fans around and everything. But, but, you know, like I said, in my, in my story, it looks like uh, it looks like nothing ever changed and they're just right back to where they started or, or picking up right where they left off. For sure. And the offense will be huge because, um, in the past years, they're obviously their defense is one of the best, if not the best in the country every year, the way they do their team and help defense. Uh, but their, their one bugaboo in the tournament has always been, if they're behind, do they have a go-to scorer that can, you know, that can turn the tide? And, and when they won the championship in 2006, they really had two, like that, Bria Ebels and Jordan Bowles. And then, you know, when they were in the finals in 2010, Kerry Snickers was the national player of the year. And she was a center that could score inside and, you know, led the team, I think, in threes. Yeah. They, they made the Elite Eight a couple of times. They had Brittany Berry, who was the all-time best three-point shooter at Hope College. Um, and it doesn't always have to be three-pointers necessarily, but, like, there is a go-to scorer. And Kennedy kind of became that. Um, a couple years ago, she kind of became it de facto almost. And she's she's that she's that good. Um, and... But it just in the tournament, it just hasn't been, you know, th that was always the question. Now, they obviously haven't played the tournament the last two years. Uh, but Kennedy's sophomore year, she became that um, that scorer. Um, well, I guess they played in the tournament two years ago, but that got stopped in the middle. Yeah. Um, but like the year before, she kind of came into her own to make that, you know, that offense go. And she still has the ability to do that. She just really hasn't had to prove it. That's what I'm saying. She's finished. I think in the first two games, she's finished like third and fourth in, on the team and scoring, maybe even lower. Right. Just because right. she doesn't need to. hasn't had to do anything. Right. But when they start playing Trine and even Calvin and, you know, better teams and, and tournament teams, they're going to they're gonna have to have that person to go to. Now, Meg Morehouse can also be that person off the off the second group because, you know, she's she's been in that position. She was, you know, the go-to scorer on a high school team making a run. She's been had enough experience at hope and played in big games now and had that big game against trying in the MIAA title game. So, uh, so I just want, I want to clarify when you say when they, when they play tournament teams and they play better teams, the team they beat 105 to like 45 was a tournament team in the last tournament. Wow. Okay. They're, they're just that I mean, they, they were one and done. They were out before COVID started, stopped it, which was in the elite eight, but right. they made the tournament. They, I think they went 25 and three that year. Okay. Uh, well, so they're, they're already playing good teams and Mount that's, that's good. Players. I mean, that's, that's a good sign for them for sure. Um, but yeah, it's just that the defense will always be there. It's just, can they, you know, if they're behind, can they get a score? Now that might not even present itself. Sometimes it does. Sometimes it doesn't, you know, but that's, 
again, something that, uh, you know, we just really haven't answered and also haven't had to answer. Yeah. I think that's kind of why I say the defense might've taken, you know, a, not, I don't even want to say step back, but just, you know, toned it down a little bit. I think the only reason I say that is, you know, they're up by so much that the defense isn't, you know, pressing as hard because in the first right. 10 or 15 minutes of the game, especially the entire first quarter, um, every time Edgewood went down the floor, it seemed like Olivia Vosco or, or Sidney Muller or, or Kennedy or, or somebody was getting in a passing lane and getting a steal. Um, Kate Majerus did a great job at that as, as, as well. Um, but yeah, I, it just, it, it, maybe they just, you know, stepped it back because in their first game of the season, they scored 31 points in the first quarter, which is a DeVos Fieldhouse record. Um, and it just like, at that point, it's kind of like, all right, it's 31 to nine. Maybe let's just play hard this second, this first half of the second quarter. And then we can like, you know, let everybody else get rotation, right. rotation in. Like they, they started the, the second half or, or not the second half, but they started, um, they put out a whole unit on the floor that was all freshmen or and one sophomore. Uh, sorry. But yeah, it was just, it's, it's incredible. And it's great that those, those people get that uh, experience in early. Um, but I mean, the, that, that group of freshmen and, and one sophomore, even they were dominating Edgewood, um, which is right. It's and that's good for the future too. Cause there's going to be, you know, they're going to lose the senior, the starting five again this year. Yeah, uh, for sure. There's not any super senior ish coming back situation. No. So, I mean, that means that the second unit, well, four of the five, because one of the seniors is on the second unit too, because um, yeah. there's six of them. But that means four of the five are going to be likely be starters next year, and that freshman group is going to have to be asked a lot more of as the second yeah. group. Um, and that's what makes hope so great is that they have a second group, a, gr- a full group, all the time. That second group on Hope's team right now, they call themselves the Chaos Group. That yeah. that second five could start for virtually any Division three team in the country, probably. Yeah. I mean, they yeah, might just not about. Have, I mean, they might not have a, a post player like Vosk, like Olivia Voskel, um, but in terms of offense and, and just quickness and, and stuff and, and, and tenacity, they uh, they're just as good as anybody. Yeah, for sure, for sure. All right, and then we had the men's basketball team started last week. They played their an exhibition at Western Michigan, which was a really cool thing. I mean, they were definitely outmatched by the Division One team, especially with the size. I mean, hope is down in size. Uh, yeah, oh, definitely understandable. I mean, Hope is down in size this year. They graduated their top three post players. Um, Tanner Wiegering from West Ottawa has been starting for them, and he's doing a really good job. He's a long, lengthy post player. Um, he can also shoot, uh, but the the guys for Western covering him were bigger, taller, stronger, faster. Yeah, um, which makes sense. But, he, I mean, he still played pretty well against these bigger guys. I mean, they didn't. It's not like they the the bigger guys weren't the ones scoring a ton during that yeah. game. So, um, yeah, he he fouled out a lot earlier than he would have guessed. <laughs> yeah. um, also, which may, which also makes sense. But um, he also set what I am now declaring a record, a hope record, uh, by most consecutive plays losing a shoe, uh, <laughs> two, two plays in a row. It's rare to see a, a shoe just fly off during a game. It happened two plays in a row. So I'm I'm declaring that a hope record. Uh, most times in a row losing most plays in a row losing a shoe um but they 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 did not play bad um their offense was i mean their offense was abysmal but it wasn't because at the beginning of the game but it wasn't because like they were getting open shots yeah they were working hard they they had 12 turnovers 
they caused Western to have 12 turnovers in the first half, which is a lot of turnovers in a half of basketball, um, especially when you're playing a team that's supposed to be superior. Um, But they just, I mean, they were like, they were like two for like 20 something from three. And it was just, I mean, they were, they ended up shooting like 13% from three or less. And it was like, but overall they still only shot like 28% or something like that. It was just really not good. Um, But there will be games like that where things don't fall and they had to work out some things and they got their offense moving a little bit better in the second half because they had to adjust and try different things. Yeah. And if they worked against a bigger, stronger team, they're going to work against their normal opponents. So um, it was, it was definitely a learning experience. It was cool to see them in a um, division one setting. Although I'm pretty sure uh, a regular hope game still would have more of a crowd. The crowds were about the same, yeah. maybe, um, but there's still nothing quite like competing against D1 kids on a D1 platform. So that was that was pretty cool to watch. Um, then they lost their opener and then won their second game um, in the regular season this this weekend. Uh, Clayton Dykehouse was named MIAA Player of the Week. He had a big week, average 18 points in the the two regular season games. Um, they're one and one now. Moving forward, I think it was a big step for them to come back and win that second game that was close for a while um, after, you know, getting outplayed in the first game. So um, looking for – I mean, uh, the men are in a different position than the women are, whereas I hope we're expecting them, you know. But even, even if you take away the fact that they're number one and all this kind of stuff, even if they were just, just quotes, just the MIAA favorite, that would be different because the Hope men are not the MIAA favorite. They definitely could win the MIAA. Um, They have the talent to do so. They have the personnel to do so, but so do three other teams. So it's going to be interesting to see how that all plays out and how their, um, their size will work advantages for them at, in some games and disadvantage in other games. And, but the adjustments that they make made over this first week when things weren't going well, will be the difference because that will be a key all year for them. Evan Thomas is one of the, if not the most talented player in the league. And if every, if teams with good defenses can kind of corral him and the rest of the team can't shoot like they did against Western, it's going to, you're not going to win those games unless you can adjust. And so those adjustments that they made against Western um, could pay huge dividends in the long run for this team um, and make them a, you know, contender for the MIAA title. So it's just going to be, an interesting season for them and they, they really can't afford too many slip ups. And I don't mean slip up like a loss, like a, a, a getting defeated in a game isn't necessarily a slip up, but if they're underperforming in those, like very much underperforming in those losses or underperforming and losing to teams that they have no business losing to, those are what I would call slip ups. I mean, them getting beat by two points in a great game where both teams play well, that's not a slip up. That's, yeah. you know, that's a loss. Um, so they're not going to go undefeated. Obviously they've already lost their first game, but they're not going to go undefeated in MIAA play. I don't think anybody's going to go in undefeated in MIAA play unless the hope women do, but I don't think, or if the trine women do, I suppose. That's that's what I was going to say. I I mean, Um, you said, you mentioned the parody of the men's side. I mean, there's, 
there's not necessarily parody, but it's it's certainly not going to be a, a walk away easy title for 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 the Hope women. I mean, right. Trine women are two and zero right now. They won their first game ninety three to thirty three, and they won their second game eighty eight to forty. Um, right. And so, they played them. Clo- they've played Hope the closest of anybody the last couple years. There was um, one game last year that came down to I think one possession. Um, yeah. Which was crazy to me watching it because I was so accustomed to having my story written by halftime. Um, right. I actually had to pay attention to the second half of the game. Um, but no, trying is like I mentioned, trying is a very good team and they, they only graduated one senior last year. So those games will be fun. Yeah. I mean, it would, it should, it wouldn't be surprising if hope went through the season undefeated. It wouldn't be surprising if they split with trying. Yeah. It, it wouldn't even be that surprising necessarily if they lost both games to trying. Um, it, I mean, I would be a little surprised, I guess, if they lost both, but I, would, I mean, that would surprise me. Splitting them would not that surprise me. That would not surprise me at all. Um, and maybe in a title push, that could be the best thing for them too. Silver lining of, and I mean, realistically, learning from a loss, which they really haven't had to do in a long time. I mean, realistically, I mean, unless something crazy happens, they are going to play three games against each other. They're going to play two right. in, the, in the MIAA title. So it's kind of I wouldn't be shocked. It's hope loses one of the two or even two of the three. Um, but I, I can't see them losing all of them. That's all three. Yeah, I don't see them losing all three. Absolutely not. Yeah. So, um, yeah, we'll see. That'll be very interesting to see. Those games will be very, very fun. Uh, fun to watch and fun to cover for sure. Um, all right, moving to Grand Valley State. The football team is still go- – their football team is still going. Yep. Uh, they finished the season with one – the regular season with one loss. That loss to number one Ferris. Uh, they're hosting uh, – they're the fourth – fourth seed in the region they're hosting the first round yep. um, against Lindenwood and uh I, I was there on Saturday against Davenport and they looked really good yeah. I mean their team looked really good their defense pitched a shutout which is with a team that's always ranked in the top 10 like Grand Valley I was su- very surprised when they told me that was their first shutout since 2017 yeah um which is incredible when you think about and how good a defense that they've had yeah. So going into their role and going in, their offense played great. They scored three quick touchdowns on their possessions uh, of like two of them fewer than two minutes. One of them was 99 yards and fewer than two minutes. Yeah. Um, they just, you know, their offense was clicking. Their defense was spectacular. Uh, they are riding, riding high going into the playoffs, which is huge for them. We'll see what kind of run they have. I don't see, I mean, I see them as the only team that, can beat them as themselves until they get to Ferris. Yeah. I, um, I was going to say, it's so good that they had, you know, that, that game against Davenport where, cause ever since that Ferris loss, they, they seem to be sort of in a funk for the first couple of weeks after, I mean, they won games, but they won them close. They won 24, uh, 28, 24 the week right after at Northern Michigan. And then they won 14 and nine against Tech, which, which are games they should win by a significant amount as the number five team in the country. Um, right. But then two weeks ago, they got back on track, beat Wayne State 62-13, and then obviously Davenport 42-0 um, last week. And, and that, that that anything, I mean, ever since the Ferris game, the defense has played well, um, only giving up, you know, 9-13 and, and 0 uh, and the 24 that first week after. But, but you know, that's got to give you a ton of confidence as, as, as a coach in, in Matt Mitchell and, you know, Keith Peterson and the rest of the offense that you're starting to score points again. It, it, you you kind of got out of that funk as, as you take on. Lindenwood, who's right. a good team, they were you know eight and two, um, and even their record is a bit deceiving because you know they're eight and two, but one of their losses uh, came in the second week. Their one loss, they, they started the season zero and two, and they won eight straight. 
but their second loss of the season uh, came against a team that was in the FCS national title game last year um, in South Dakota state. Um, So they're kind of outmatched there. And, you know, the only reason I know is one of my buddies plays quarterback for South Dakota state and he absolutely torched them. He threw for four touchdowns and 171 yards and he was out of the game by halftime. Um, Right. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, so, so the record's a bit deceiving. Um, So they're a better team than, you know, um, the record gives them credit for. Right. So, I mean, that's, I mean, that should be, it should be a good game. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think from, I think that they all, I mean, every game should be good the way from now on, it, but it just, the defense is going to keep Grand Valley in every single game. Yeah. Yeah. And if it, it'll all depend on what their offense can muster. I mean, and if they're moving the ball like they did, I mean, they should win the first round and they probably should win the second round um, and then kind of see what, happens from there. Uh, yeah, but I also, I also think it's such an advantage, you know, especially at the D2 level um, hosting a game. Absolutely. I'm, I, I don't know what athletic department budgets and everything are um, at the D1 level. It's kind of whatever we get on the plane to whatever at the D2 level. It's like, Oh, we have to drive on a bus for 10 hours to Missouri or from Missouri to get to grand grand Rapids, Michigan to, or Allendale, Michigan to play this game. I mean, your legs are going to be tired. Um, you're not going to be feeling right. You never do the day after you're on a bus for that long a time. I don't care how young you are. I mean, I'm 27 years old and I feel bad the next day after doing that. So they're going to have to play a game after a 10 hour bus drive and, and, you know, with their lives on the line and, and you're just, you're never going to feel hundred percent. So that's clutch for, for grand Valley to, you know, be able to sleep in their own beds and all that the the night before and, and not have to worry about travel. Definitely. Definitely. That could be a huge factor for sure. Moving forward with this. Uh, Grand Valley basketball already started as well. Um, the, you know, we got Jake Van Tuber and leading the men's team. Ethan Aldrink from Holland Christian has played a lot for the men's team as well. Um, and, uh, you know, they're, they're looking like they're going to be strong this year. Um, so that's, that's going to be good to watch out for. The GVSU women will also be good. Uh, that's not as nearly as much of a surprise. I mean, it's not really a surprise that the men are either, especially with Jake coming back for his super – super senior, uh, super senior season. Um, he's, uh, you know, he came, but he got that extra year from the pandemic, which a lot of athletes are taking advantage of. Uh, he's been the best player on grand Valley state for a couple of years. Um, and it's just been really, really awesome to watch him blossom into this, um, elite player, uh, you know, all American type player. Uh, he, I mean, he's somebody that was never even our, he was never even our basketball player of the year. Um, which is so stunning to think about that he was never our basketball player of the year. Um, but he played at the same time where we had Hans Demetrius Lake, who was averaging 40 points a game and was first team all state three years in a row. Um, and then it's just, I mean, Jake's the second best, probably the second best player that we've had, you know, second or third best. I mean, him and Stegner are like the best, the next best high school players, I should say that we've had yeah. in a decade. Um, but you know, he's obviously proved to, you know, to elevate his game quite a bit at the, uh, at the D2 college level, which has been really, really fun to see, uh, you know, for sure. So, uh, nice when the local kids are, you know, doing big things that makes things a lot more, a lot more fun, uh, for a lot of people around town and it makes it easier for us to come to the team too. So, yeah. uh, we definitely appreciate that. So, um, yeah, so you know, basketball is in full swing for the colleges. Uh, you know, Grand Valley football still going, and uh, you know we have the state swim meets this week, so we'll recap those on our next podcast. And uh, yeah, 
Hope Swimming, I should say. Hope and Grand Valley Swimming has also started. College Swimming has also started. Um, and we will definitely have more coverage of that as the season rolls on. Just really tough when we're still dealing with the fall stuff, um, you know, finishing up too. So, um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's been a, a kind of a Hope College dominated, uh, dominated week as far as coverage wise. So, uh, but that's kind of the way it goes in between when their high school teams drop out. So high school basketball practices and winter sports started this week. Um, we will t- definitely be talking more about those in the next couple of weeks as we, you know, uh, finish up some of the other, the last couple of fall things and, uh, get in gear, um, with, with those. Uh, and we'll also be picking our fall all area teams. So look out for those in the Sentinel the next couple of weeks. Um, we'll have a team for every high school sport and, uh, yeah, we'll see, you'll get to see who we picked and, uh, and who earned what. So, uh, should be pretty fun. Hopefully not a terrible amount of debate with it, but you know, that's kind of the fun of these things too. Um, I would guess most of the players of the year doesn't have too much debate, but uh, there's always, there's always fun. There's always fun debates uh, with the uh, the only one we're going to debate. I think. Yeah. Football. Definitely. That's, we haven't, usually we've had somebody we've known clearly ahead of time. uh, And yeah. Yeah. Stay tuned to see who we pick for football because it's, there's so many different ways we can go with that and we will figure out. I know who I want, but I know you're going to disagree with me. So (laughs) that's the best. I mean, sometimes that's the best. That means that uh, there's a lot of great things going on in the area. So, um, but yeah, we'll, we'll definitely discuss that more in the future and uh, look out for those teams starting next week. Um, and enjoy basketball season. I mean, it's starting to get cold out there now. Uh, if you want, if you're desperately clinging to fall sports this weekend, Go to one of the swim meets or go to the Grand Valley football game. Uh, the Hope women's team is also home uh, this weekend, Friday and Saturday, uh, for basketball. So um, there's definitely options to get out and watch some sports. Um, have a good week, and uh, we will talk to you next week.